everybody. This brief audio message is just designed to give you some feedback on exam one. So overall, as you saw, um, the course average was pretty strong at a high C um, slash low B. Uh, and it's really important to think about um, as you analyze your individual score, what strategies really work for you to prepare well. Was it going through um, the study guide? and creating your kind of own guide alongside of that with some specific examples. The practice quizzes, perhaps coming to the review sessions or the cahoots. Um, I saw in a lot of your bonus reflections that those were some really helpful strategies. And I encourage you, if you didn't take advantage of those strategies, to make sure you do um, for exams two through four in our course. A quick reminder as well, if you did not score as you would like to score, um, exam one is worth the lowest percentage of all exams in the class, and the final exam can replace the lowest exam grade fully. So this is real incentive for you to kind of um, honestly take a look at how you did on exam one and say, um, where do I want to be for exams two through four? Right? What is your goal grade and how can I help you get there? Okay. I wanted to highlight a few um, kind of strengths and areas of weakness. Um, first of all, as a course, folks did really well on the chapter six materials about what influences self-concept, trait versus state self-esteem, um, outcomes that are correlated with self-esteem. And then in chapter two, um, all of the data about the ocean traits and the outcomes that are associated with, for example, conscientiousness, and narcissism, or sorry, neuroticism. Um, Y'all did really, really well um, on those questions. In chapter one, um, a strong suit was identifying advantages and disadvantages of different research methods, like a case study, um, which you know studies such a small population that it's hard to generalize the results, um, or a survey that might suffer from some self-report bias. So great job overall. Um, looking at some of those kind of key ideas from chapters one, two, and six. I want to spend the rest of the time in this message um, narrowing in on a couple of topics that um, more, um, more of the class actually missed. So this was an overall some areas of weakness. Um, be sure to look through your specific results, um, but this will help you kind of identify um, some key concepts moving forward. Um, the first question that was most missed was about um, a correlation between vacation time and happiness. Um, the, the correlation part itself went well, but there was a true-false question below that asked you whether you could um, determine from that survey or from that kind of descriptive study, um, that correlational study, if vacation time actually directly causes an increase in happiness? The answer is no, um, false. You'd need a full and a true experimental design to determine cause and effect. So make sure you think back um, through those kind of issues of cause and effect. Remember that um, when it comes to an experimental design, right? that's the only type of design that can truly test um, whether one variable directly causes another variable to change, like in this case, vacation time and happiness or work satisfaction. Okay, a couple of other quick notes here. Um, that was from 
the first um, the first chapter. Another area that just needs some help um, is going back and reviewing independent versus dependent variables, as well as um, experimental versus control groups. I actually went through these um, in one of the review sessions. So if you'd like to look back through the recording for the review session, or if you'd like to come work with me personally, I'd be happy to go through some examples. In the chapter one folder, there's also examples of experimental designs where you get to identify um, independent dependent variables, experimental and control groups. So there's two options for you to practice with me um, in a one-on-one -on -one tutoring session or um, just use the resources that are in chapter one to kind of test yourself and work through those. Another area that I wanted to highlight um, was in chapter six. So in chapter six, um, things went really well um, in general, but something that could be um, stronger is the difference between attributions, right? Um, when you look at your own behavior or anyone's behavior and try to judge why it happened, you can explain it in a way that emphasizes that that individual person an internal attribution, or something about the environment around them, like other people, or the weather, or luck, right? Something that is external to that person. So internal or external, and then stable or unstable. You can describe someone's behavior, including your own, as due to factors that are relatively unchanging, tend to remain relatively stable over time, um, like self-esteem, like the personality traits in the ocean we discussed, or you can describe their behaviors due to unstable factors, right? So um, factors that are changing or more easily subject to, to vary and change. Attribution styles. And this is something I noticed in the essay questions as well. Make sure you go back and look at um, how people typically explain failures or losses or kind of setbacks in that optimistic explanatory style or pessimistic. Let's say that someone experienced a job loss during, um, during COVID, during the pandemic, something that hit um, a lot of folks really, really hard. So you could explain um, that loss in terms of something external, like there was a pandemic that went on that created conditions outside of you. So it's not an internal attribution, it's external. You could describe it as relatively temporary or unstable, right? This set of pandemic conditions, it will eventually change. And you could describe it, the cause as specific. So you can identify what it was. And this optimistic explanatory style, as opposed to a pessimistic one, is likely to help empower you to take active coping steps, right? To really jump in and problem solve and find your next job. Um, as opposed to a pessimistic um, style, when you explain a failure or a job loss as due to something internal, like it's all about you. Um, it's stable, it's going to last forever, and it's global. So you don't really identify a specific factor. You just say, it's going to go on and on, something about me. Um, I can't keep the job. So as you can imagine, um, this pessimist pessimistic explanatory style is not going to help someone move on into that active coping stage. Um, so as we were kind of talking about this week, um, wrapping up stress and coping, um, everything in this course really builds, 
right? So helping to understand why that pessimistic explanatory style is not associated with um, healthy coping, right? That can help us move towards a more optimistic explanatory style. Thank <music> you.